0: You're listening to the design your dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them as the dream design coach. I've helped thousands of high achieving creatives reconnect with their inner blueprint to design, manifest, and live the life of their dreams. Each week I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. Hey everyone, welcome to Not So Small Talk. I know it's been a hot minute since I've been live here, but I'm so excited to be here with you guys today and to chat with you about today's topic So if this is your first time joining me live, let me tell you a little bit about myself so that you can get to know me better and hopefully I can get to know you better in the comments. So my name is Amy Lee Westervelt, and I am a mom of five kids, 10 and under, happily married for about 11 years. I live right outside of Savannah, Georgia, but I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. And I consider myself what is called a relative mystic. So what that means is my work kind of dabbles in between all of the different disciplines, a little bit of the agnosticism, a little bit of the occult, and a little bit of religion, all kind of mixed together to give you um, a very balanced view and awareness of the world at large. And I've been coaching for about five years now. Uh, absolutely love what I do. I work mostly with women 99% of the time, and I'm really excited to have this conversation today. So um, if you've been following along with my journey and what's been going on in my world, you'd know that I've been kind of having, I wouldn't say an identity crisis, but more of an identity reclamation. I think I've gone through a lot of things when it comes to really being and owning who I am and what I stand for and what I bring to the world. And I couldn't help but recognize that I think a lot of other women are struggling with that same thing in this time and, and maybe for generations, right? This idea of who am I outside of the other roles that I play, be it as a mother or as a wife or as a girlfriend or what have you. Um, and so this has been really kind of on my heart to talk about. And I want to talk today about specifically about agendas because what i've come to understand and realize is that women we tend to really get involved in how other people feel and we make a lot of decisions based on how it looks or how other people are going to take the way that we are or the way that we react to certain things and one of those things is when it comes to agendas So I made a post about this earlier, but I want to kind of tell you this story again in real time. Um, I grew up on a golf course, uh, the Pembroke Country Club, and I grew up on the sixth hole. So my house was kind of like we had about an acre, a little bit under an acre. And then there's like this L-shaped grass that was behind it. And then there was the country club. Okay. So you could see into the country club, you could see the grass, you could see where the players were playing. And my brother and I, when we go, we'd get home from school, sometimes we would go out to the, you know, cause it was the neighbor's yard. It was like this L shape. We'd go out there and we would go collect golf balls. We would look for Whichever ones we could find. Sometimes they were orange. Most of the time they were white. Sometimes they were yellow. Um, And sometimes they'd be like buried in the ground. Sometimes they were in like a big thicket of branches or something like that. Um, Sometimes they were mm, like a piece of it was, you know, had gotten grabbed by the lawnmower or something. Anyway, long story short. So one time I was out there looking for golf balls and I was looking in the little, there's like this wooded section that separates the golf course itself, the woods, and then kind of this like clearing where the field was. And so I'm looking around for golf balls and I found one and I picked it up. And all of a sudden I heard, Hey. And I look over and I'm like, Who said that? And it was this man who was on the sixth hole and he was like, Come here. And I was like, Okay. So I came walking over because, you know, dutiful little whatever 10 year old I was and I come walking over and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, that's my ball. And I'm thinking, no, it's not. This is like buried under all this stuff. This isn't your ball. And I said, I don't don't think this is your ball. You know, and all my, all my bravery as a little girl. And he said, Oh, I think it is. In fact, I think my name's on it. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I looked at it and I'm like, what's your name? And he was like, Jack Spaulding. Now, I recognize now at 40 years old that, yes, there is a company that makes golf balls called Spalding, and had it been now, I wouldn't have made the same mistake. But at the time, I didn't know that. So I was like, wow, it really is your ball. Handed it back to him, and he made some, you know, joke under his breath. And what this story kind of illustrates, at least for me, is that this guy wasn't out to get me, right? Like, he wasn't trying to hurt me. He wasn't trying to be mean, but he had an agenda he probably had hit his last golf ball into the woods or into a sand trap or into a pond or some hazards, I think they're called in golf. And I was there with a golf ball that I wanted, but so did he. And so he had an agenda and he lied to me in order to get his agenda met. Now, did he go, you know, I'm going to lie to this little girl today? No, he, he didn't do it to hurt me. He did it to help him. Okay. And so a lot of the reason why we struggle in our lives is because we're still holding on to lies that were told to us in the pursuit of agendas. And we don't see them, and we shouldn't, but we don't see them as sinister or evil. So it's hard for us to divorce ourselves from those lies because they were told with love, right? I was just doing a podcast episode where I said, you know, a lie told in love is still a lie. We have these deep-seated beliefs that we only hold on to the same way that we hold on to something that doesn't really work anymore or something that somebody gave us, right? Maybe some old, maybe some relative that passed away gave us something and we hold on to it. I remember when my parents were getting divorced, my dad gave me all of his old pots and pans and I held them in in a box under my desk, not because I wanted them, but because they were my dad's right? I remember my mom would give me, you know, shirts that she didn't want to wear anymore or something. And I'd hold on to them for years because I'm like, but mom gave me that. So we hold on to beliefs that people, well-meaning people have given us because we feel like if we let go of that belief that we're also letting go of that person, we feel, and let me know if this resonates for you guys. I'd love for you to tell me in the comments, we feel like if we let go of that belief we're also letting go of grandma or we're also letting go of the fact that mom tried really hard and so we don't take into account that these beliefs are attached to agendas and they may not be the agendas of the people who gave us those beliefs but their agenda is just the same so for example if you look at society as a whole Right. And however you believe about capitalism or not, there are aspects of capitalism that are not very helpful and there are aspects of capitalism that are wonderful. But one of the things that society teaches us is that it's bad to have more than someone else. It's bad to be abundant. Because if you're abundant, it means that you're a bad person. It means you're the bad guy. It means you took from someone. And so we perpetuate this through movies. If you go look at movies, there's always, the bad guy always seems to have you know impeccable clothing and he's really hot and the girl's gorgeous and she's dripping with diamonds and this idea of wealth and abundance being bad. What agenda does that serve? It serves an agenda where we're trying to get people to be complicit, and to be subordinate to a system that they have to depend on. So if we can get them to be disinterested in what it feels like to have wealth, well, then we can control them forever. Right? We can control them forever. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same with both sides, right? 100%. Communism, capital, I'm just saying like, there is no one system that is that is. Designed to help everybody is what I'm getting at. So if you look at it from the perspective of there are people who benefit from you not knowing your power. There are people who would rather you think that you have to depend on them to have power because they make more money that way or they get more power that way or they have more control that way or they can choose what happens and they can mold society that way. Now, they don't do that because they hate you or because they want something bad to happen to you or because they don't think you deserve it. They do it because they have an agenda. And what happens? They take that same agenda and they put it into the hearts and minds of the people who then turn around and raise more people. Now, what's happening is that a lot of us are being born with the awareness that this isn't true that we are being born with more of an awareness of the divinity within us. They're being born with more of an awareness of who we really are and the power that we really have. And that awareness is now running dissonant to the beliefs and the messages that our beautiful loved ones have been giving us for years. We're starting to wake up and go, that's not how it really is. But coming back to that belief as a gift, that belief as a hand-me-down, that belief as an heirloom from that family member, we don't want to let go of that because then we're letting go of them. We're not, but that's what we feel, right? So what's actually happening is this system that is designed to keep us all stuck and to keep us all subordinate to it, right, to keep us all in inside of this matrix of dependency... What ends up happening is that that is now enforced by the well-meaning elders and, and family members and parents and so on, who are now perpetuating that as an arm of that establishment. And we know that that's not true. We know that that's not reality. But we hold on to the threads of those beliefs because we love the people who instilled them in us, we love them with all of our heart, and we have a really hard time divorcing their stale and obsolete ideals from their hearts. And so we spend a lot of time going, okay, this is what I believe, but I can't talk about that with my mom and my dad. I can't talk about that with my grandmother. I can't talk about that with my big sister who's a generation older because she doesn't understand. And so we have this dissonance of maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're right. Maybe I am selfish. Maybe I shouldn't be thinking about this. Who am I to want this thing? And so those threads, those claws of of lies are buried so deeply inside of us that we have to work really hard to take them out. And this is why you'll see that a lot of us will go get a money mindset coach or go get someone who helps us. But if we don't actually remove that belief at the core, if we don't go back to what's called the gestalt and literally rewire that belief, it's, it's like a weed. It's just, you know, you can, you can mow the lawn and cut it, but guess what? The root is still there and it's just going to grow again. That root is still there it's going to perpetuate. You're always going to come back to that belief. And it doesn't matter how much you, re, you do the work. It doesn't matter how much you tell yourself you don't believe it because it's become part of you. And so what you've actually got to do then is reach down and rip out that root at the gestalt, right? And we do this with neurolinguistic programming, with hypnosis. We actually take those beliefs and pull them right out as if they were never there, so that they don't keep growing back. Because that's what we have to do. We have to take the belief out at the source where it came from, okay? So when we look at this situation and you start to think about all the things in your life that you believe As a result of wanting to stay close to someone, to want to stay in someone's good graces, to want to be a good girl, to be a good kid, to be a good son. you recognize that so much of how you're operating in your life today is actually just the conditioning of where you came from. And those people are operating with the conditioning of where they came from. And all of that is to satisfy a system that just wants to steal your golf ball. It's not personal, but their agenda is so important that all of this infrastructure has to be built around supporting that agenda. And you and I and everyone we know is subjected to that agenda until they say, no, you don't have that kind of power over me anymore. I am sovereign. I control my life. I control my reality and I control what I believe. Now we have some good examples of this, right? We coexist with people who have different beliefs all the time. In fact, we do it every day. We've got people of different religions. We've got people of different orientations. We've got people that like cilantro and people that don't, and they coexist all the time. So why is it that when it comes to our parents, to our loved ones, this dissonance is so hurtful? Why is it that it's so hard to disagree with those that we love. We have no problem saying, you know what? I don't really care for cilantro to somebody else, but you tell mom, by the way, mom, I hate when you put celery in the stuffing. I don't care for it. It's like, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. Why do we have such a hard time disagreeing or not agreeing with those that we love? And the answer is because we take it personally and they take it personally. If I don't agree with you, that means that I don't like you. That's so far from the truth. That is so far from the truth. If I don't agree with you, that means that I don't think you did a good job of raising me. Not at all. And I think another thing too, that this generation is learning that other generations haven't learned before is that we're all here on our own journey. My children, while I adore them to the moon and back are not just extensions of me. They are souls in their own right that are here to do their own thing and to have their own soul journey. And so it's not my responsibility for them to have the experience they're meant to have in this world. I'm part of it and I'm here to guide them, but their entire journey does not rest on my shoulders. And I think that, prior generations have believed that everything about their children and everything about, you know, their legacy rested on their shoulders. And it's just not like that. But again, society would have you believe that it is because it fits the agenda. So I know this has been short and sweet, but I want to invite you to think about this. Who would you be if you detached the agenda from the person that you got the message from? Who would you be if you detached the belief from the person? Could you coexist in a world where you love somebody and also believe that what they said is bullshit, okay? One of the things that my mom used to say to me all the time is I really think you should get just a little job on the side just so you have some security, just so there's something that you can you know, lean back on. And I'm thinking to myself, it would be such a giant waste of my time to go get a job in retail or whatever else when I make really good livable money being a coach because I've been doing this for so long and I'm really good at it and I get really good results for my clients and the testimonials are out of this world. Why would I then out of security go and get a little job doing DoorDash or whatever it is? No shade to anybody who does that, by the way. But I'm just saying, for me, it wouldn't be in alignment. Why would I do that? But to somebody who comes from a different belief system that you've always got to have something to fall back on, that you have to have insurance, that you have to have a 401k, the thought of doing anything different is mind boggling. But does that mean if I don't agree with that, that I think my mom's a jerk? or that she's an idiot. No, I recognize that we come from different belief systems. And so I also recognize that she has been conditioned that you work all week, you get a paycheck. And then on the weekend you go spend some of the money that you made and you put the rest away. And then you go on vacation once a year and you do that. And you rinse repeat for 50 something years until you retire. And then, you know, you reverse mortgage your house and then that's it. And you're done. I don't want that. I actually don't want to retire. What I do lights me up in such a deep and passionate and, and fulfilling way. I hope I'm doing it till I'm on my deathbed. I hope that I'm taking coaching clients when I'm 97 years old. I think it'll keep me young. Well, what are you going to do when you get too old and you have to retire? Who said I had to retire? But if we can create a society where people keep their head down and they just keep working and they just keep putting up with the BS and they just keep on and they just keep on and they just keep on and they just keep on, we've got 55, 60 years of hard work that we can get out of them. And then at the end, when it costs too much to pay them what they've gotten for their for their for um, all their raises, we'll cut them loose and we'll start at the bottom again but we can get a good sixty, seven, you know, 50, 60 years out of somebody. I don't know about you, but I'm not here for that. I'm not here to be anybody's workhorse. And again, I'm not saying that if that's what somebody wants to do and they want to retire someday, that's fine. If that's what they want, that's not what I want. But that idea serves an agenda an agenda that my parents very much buy into because it made sense. Then it doesn't make sense. Now. I recognize that I can manifest money whenever and however I damn well, please. That's how good I am at what I do. That's how valuable what I do is. So I don't need a contingency plan. But people weren't taught that because it didn't fit the agenda. And now, now, this awkwardness of people being born, already knowing this stuff, having these downloads, having access to collective consciousness that tells them that these things are bullshit, it's kind of putting a little bit of a cramp in the system, isn't it? This is why Society and the media talk about the great resignation, isn't it awful, and so many people who won't work for blah, 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 and oh my gosh, the entitlement. Yeah, how dare they? How dare they at 35 years old not want to go work at Dunkin' Donuts and make $10 an hour? The gall. Nobody said they weren't also doing something else, that they weren't becoming coaches or healers, that they weren't, you know, out doing things where they were their own boss. Nobody said anything about whether or not they became entrepreneurs. It was just, they didn't want to be part, a a cog in the wheel of a business anymore. And they were vilified for it. How dare they? How dare they? want to take their life in their own hands. How dare they desire more than being part of a system? The audacity of it all. And so when you've got these people who are having these downloads and these awarenesses about who they really are and what they came to do and how powerful they are and you can't reel them in, what do you do? You go get their parents, You remind their parents that their children are off the rails, the millennials, they're doing this, they're doing that. They're not, they're not making, you know, the right decisions. They're not buying houses, which is essentially saying, go get your kids. They're not playing the game. We're losing control. Go get your children, bring them back. Do you see what's happening? Do you see what your children are doing? America is dying. Look at this, look at that. Look at all the ways that it's crumbling before us. You've gotta get them back. They're not listening to us anymore. They're starting to do their own thing. They're starting to recognize their power. We can't have this. We can't survive if they don't believe that they need us. Go get your children. Go get them before it's too late. Too late. We're in a whole new dimension of awareness of reality. We're not going back in that box. We're not. And that doesn't make us wrong. It doesn't make us broken. It doesn't make us bad. It just makes us different. So your homework, should you choose to accept it? Try to practice removing the belief from the person. Think about the things that you believe that you don't like that you believe, that you wish you didn't believe. What are some things that you wish you didn't believe? Think about what those things are. Think about where you got that belief. And see if you can find a way to rewrite or to remove that belief without removing the love of the person who gave you that belief. Without removing their influence in your life. Without removing your gratitude for everything that they did for you. You're a powerful, incredible, sovereign being who is here to change the world. How do I know that? Because you're watching this right now. You know who you are. Allow yourself to be in the moment right now of how powerful you are. When you remove this block, when you stop worrying that removing negative beliefs mean that you're cheating on the energy of the person that you love, that you're forsaking them, that you're giving up on them, you will unlock a whole new level of sovereignty and power you never imagined you could have. Thank you so much for being here, for listening to this conversation. I will try really hard to go live more often. I get so in my head about it. I think, oh gosh, what if they already know what I'm gonna say? But once I get going, (laughs) there's some good stuff in there. And I'm really, really grateful that I have this connection to source. And I'm really grateful that you guys are open to hearing it and for me sharing it with you. So with that, because I think it's important to share this, we have just created an incredible community. It's $11 a month. It's called M4, it's for mothers and women who want to be mothers, who are looking for opportunities to meet with other women and to start removing these blocks that have kept them small, that have made them go above and beyond for their children and for their families and kept themselves stuck but not starving. I would love to see you all there. There are a lot of really powerful conversations going on. There's human design, there's mindset, there's money, all kinds of different channels. It's off of social media. It's not on Facebook. So if you're looking for something that's a little refreshing, something that's easier to handle and to manage that isn't going to take you down the rabbit hole of every other group that you belong to, something fresh, something exciting, something innovative by two moms with a purpose. And we would love to have you. And if any of this conversation resonates and you're ready to do the work to remove these limiting beliefs once and for all and keep the love and and the connectedness to the people who gave them to you, I'm just a message away. And it would be my honor to help you do that. So, with that, thank you so much for coming to Not So Small Talk today. And I'll see you guys when I see you. dream builder are you loving this stuff do you want more more human design law of attraction and manifestation then my designed to dream membership is for you you'll get the dream design vault packed with pre-recorded content to help you design and manifest your dreams a monthly group coaching call with me and a monthly theme and meditations to support you on your journey. Membership is just $47 a month, and you can cancel anytime with no hassle. Join us and start designing your dreams now.